Warning, the following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. Good evening and welcome to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. I am your host, Evan Goldstein. With me as always is the wonderful Karen Randazzo. Have you ever tried to relax? It's a paradox. <laughs> and the amazing Chris Randazzo. Existence is pain! <laughs> we here on this week's episode talk television. This week we are talking Rick and Morty, season one, episode five, Me Seeks and Destroy. I think we may get a little little taste of a, a later episode. Uh, but before we get into that, here's your weekly reminder that you can get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com. Tell us what we're doing right. Tell us what we're doing wrong. What shows we should watch. What shows we should avoid because there are, there are a bunch of those out there as well. Whatever it is, just contact us. Let us know you're out there. Uh, Chris. Hey. We have discussed Rick and Morty a number of times on this show. And both of us were of the mindset... I don't I, I I I know I could possibly like this show, but I I haven't gotten there yet. Mm-hmm. Now So <laughs> So here's what happened. <laughs> here's the deal. <laughs> here's what happened. Um so like like you said, uh I, I've I watched I think I've watched all of the first season of this show. Or at least most of the first season. And it was exactly like you said. I, I looked at this show like I could like this show. I should like this, but something's not quite grabbing me. And I think it was that it was not what I expected it to be. There was a certain a certain specific kind of humor that I can't really put into words that I was expecting. Okay. And this was not that. Okay. This same exact thing happened with Archer. I had this preconceived notion of what Archer was going to be and what the humor was. And I was completely wrong about it. Okay. And when I first watched Archer, I didn't really care for it very much. It was it was all right, but it didn't blow me away. So then I went back and I kept giving it chances, and then it eventually clicked, and now it's like one of my favorite shows ever. <laughs> okay, all right, I'm following you. So, so what happened was I people have been talking so much about season three, and I'd seen like a clip here and there, and I'd just been like, all right, th- this is this is right up my alley, and I feel like I get it. <laughs> I feel like if I tr- if I give this another shot, I'm really going to like it. And I hadn't gotten around to it yet, but I, I told myself, I'm, all right, I'm going to start from the beginning and I'm going to watch this. And then one day, last week, somebody had posted on Facebook just the full episode of the latest episode of Rick and Morty, mm-hmm. which at the time was Pickle Rick. <laughs> that is correct. At that point in time, Pickle Rick was all over the place. And... I was so I had been hearing about it for days, like because you know people were talking about the previews of oh the next episode's Pickle Rick, and I'm I've been hearing about Pickle Rick for days, and so somebody posted the episode. I thought it was just a clip from the episode, so I watched it, and it was just the whole episode, <laughs> and the episode started, and then I I. I 
couldn't stop watching it. <laughs> like it just started. I was like, all right, let me watch watch the beginning of this. Let me just get a little taste of this and see what it's about, and then I'll get back to it eventually when I do my rewatch. And I just sat there and watched the whole episode. I could not look away. <laughs> you were um, engaged in the pickle. Gotcha. I, I was genuinely enthralled by where the hell it was going. Uh, and so I decided that uh, I, you know, it, it's uh, it's definitely time for me to, to really give this a chance because I was 100% entertained by Pickle Rick. I was absolutely, completely, and totally entertained by that. So I reached out to... I decided that my next episode, when it was time for me to pick, was going to be Rick and Morty. And so I reached out to Brandon and Travis from Apathetic Enthusiasm and the Interdimensional RSS podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, uh, we, we talked a little bit about what episode should be the one that I pick because there's, you know, I've seen at least most of season one and I know the episodes that people talk about the most from season one. And it was like between this one and uh, Rick's D Minutes and uh and like the pilot episode and i was like all right i don't want to do the pilot because i don't know i know karen hasn't seen any and i don't know what you've seen of it i and i've seen the pilot and it it doesn't fare well as a yeah. as a first introduction to this show it definitely has pilot's disease and that's a th- you know, that's a thing you can't really judge a show based on its pilot and so I didn't want to do that one. And the thing about Ricksty Minutes is that it's absolutely hysterical. It was when I was watching through the first time, it was the episode I laughed the hardest at. <laughs> but it's not indicative of the series at all. Okay. So we settled on uh, this episode, Me Seeks and Destroy, which was another one, which was the, the first time I watched this episode was the first time that I I really got a glimpse that there is something more to this show than the humor that had been uh, floating around for the first bunch of episodes, right? Um, and and that, we'll we'll get to that we'll get to that in a bit. So let's talk about the actual episode itself. Uh, <laughs> the, all right, I have no, I have seen three episodes of this show: the pilot, this epi- uh, episode five of season one, and now Pickle Rick, which is three three. I think <laughs> those are the yeah. three episodes I've seen. They are entirely different episodes. Like, let's just negate the pilot because I don't feel that is a shining example of this show. Agreed. Meeseeks and Pickle Rick are the the two ends of the spectrum for this show because Meeseeks concentrates primarily away from Rick and Morty. And Pickle Rick is is the opposite. It concentrates on Rick with a, a, a smattering of the family. This the, Meeseeks is the opposite. the The theory behind this episode is is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> a box that creates helpers that their only job is to do what specifically what you ask and complete it, and then they just vanish. And the fact that the the father puts thought into what his question is go- or his request is going to be, and that is what drives the rest of this episode, where the other two, like the the the, the wife and daughter, their their request is seems deeper 
Yeah, they ask for like, I want to be popular at school and I want to find meaning in my life. And and Jerry is like, I want to take two strokes off my golf game. And it's just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it's just ridiculous. <laughs> Karen, how did, I mean, from what Chris says, you haven't seen any of this show. What was your, how was your experience with seeing this for the first time? Uh, it was fun. <laughs> uh, it, I definitely laughed at it. I, I feel like I got tainted somewhat by, like, the internet's already abundant love of this show. I was like, all right, well, this has got to be the single most hilarious thing in the world. Yeah, the bar is what, set very high for this show. Right. That's what everyone in the world says about it. And then, I like, I watched it. I laughed. I'm like, okay, this is a pretty bonkers premise. I get it. I like, there. there's some good jokes in here. But it wasn't like, you know... Send me the moon or anything. <laughs> it didn't change your life forever, you know. No, and, and, and that was also a part of what happened with me. I mean, you remember when I was watching this show, I was talking about that the first time I tried watching it. Like, well, everybody is talking about this show. Like, it is it's the second coming of Christ. So I've got to, I've got to give it a shot. And uh, I, I get it a lot more now. I feel like I feel like I'm 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 ready to love this show, but I still don't. I, I, there's definitely a lot of internet hyperbole out there. No question about mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of internet hyperbole, and there's there's definitely some some strokes of of brilliance in here. And there's like you said, there's some really good jokes. You know. Wait, wait, wait. There's hyperbole on the internet. <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> there is the thought. No, I think uh, I think my experience is similar to yours. I think if I watched a lot more of this that it would I would start to get it and start to like it more but right now I feel like it's asking me to love it on the basis of can you believe how fucking insane this show is right I'm like yeah um I could believe it that's cool (laughs) this show gets surprisingly dark as well like for as wacky and, and and zany as it is, this this particular episode, like the whole scene with Morty in the in the men's room, like yeah, that was really disturbing. That to got me. that got uncomfortable. It did, and that that's the scene that I'm talking about. That kind of the scene after that was kind of where I felt like there was a bit more to the show, mm-hmm. like because all right, so up until this point. In every episode, Rick has been just—he's been exactly as he was for the bulk of this episode. Just, a just kind of horrible, you know. He's—he's he's kind yeah. of a douche. And in that moment, as far as I as far as I remember, that was the first time that he just genuinely acted out of kindness and compassion for another human being. And he looked—he just pieced that without saying it. They showed it on his face. He pieced together what happened and why Morty was upset. And then he did something about it, and it was oddly touching. Was, mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's nice of you to help him finish his adventure and then kill that guy, <laughs> the king, mind you. Yes, the king. Which now I haven't seen any of the in between episodes, but the very end of Pickle Rick got really, really dark as well. <laughs> oh, the very uh, the the like end the with garage the, uh, the psychiatrist. Scene. <laughs> oh, the the garage scene. Yes, the, the 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 psychiatrist scenes. 
I, I understood them. Like, I get it. Like, they were trying to work through whatever and just put everything out on Front Street. But when... I, I don't want to say he snaps, but when Rick shows his true colors and, like, the whole thing was his plan, I was like, wow, where is this show going? I Wait, I'm, I'm lost. What, what, are you, what are you talking about? Okay, there... Was it at the end of... Yeah, it was at the end of Pickle Rick. Because I, when he's in, he, hmm, I did watch another episode. I don't remember. There's a scene where Rick is confronting Morty about. You know, so it might have been the the end of episode one where where um, the father's not around anymore. The husband. Yeah, you've lost me. I don't know which okay. episode you're talking about. All right. So have you not? Have you seen see any of season three? Other than, Other than Pickle, Pickle Rick? Rick, no. Okay. Did you notice in Pickle Rick that the father wasn't around? Yes. Okay. Because that was why they were going to therapy. Because they're getting a divorce. Yeah. They're, that was the big. They, they were in the garage in the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Though. The and, end of the episode was when he turned back into a person, and they were driving in the car, and then and the they were going out for a drink. Scene with Jaguar. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I saw the post credit scene. <laughs> the first time I watched it, I didn't, and then we when we watched it, so we finished watching this episode, and then I was like. I kind of want to watch Pickle Rick again after having watched this episode. So I started watching it, and the same thing that happened to me happened to Karen. She started watching it, and then she was like, well, I guess I have to finish this. Also, I was sick, and I didn't feel like moving. Yeah. I was, uh, when when he, uh, <laughs> as Rick was doing the things he was doing, like the cockroach brain, and then like when he just went on the fucking rampage on the rats, <laughs> listening to Karen's reaction to that was hysterical. <laughs> yeah, he... And I, I will say for Pickle Rick that the one thing I appreciated about it is that he earned every step of the journey, like... It was rooted in reality. They weren't like, well, he's a pickle, but he can kind of wiggle around and move. Like, nope. He has his tongue. (laughs) And what he did with that was amazing. The whole contraptions and whatnot. Um, Yeah, you'll see. I'm not going to say anything more because you're going to end up watching season. There's There's a scene where I was like, wow. Okay, now I truly see who Rick is. And it's it's either the end of episode one or two. I also was really fond of the, uh, you know, against sticking with Pickle Rick. I was really fond of that last, that last scene in the uh, where Su- the Susan Sarandon doctor, which I think it's hysterical that Susan Sarandon was the psychiatrist. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but uh, where so it's like Rick is kind of known for these monologues, and the fact that she just kind of equal grounded him with her profession was pretty awesome yeah and there's i haven't seen it i've only really seen responses to it but there's apparently a lot of internet backlash uh about this season of rick and morty because there are a bunch of women writers on the show now and people feel like they're ruining the show by making rick more human i guess and like having actual character growth Oh, and oh, that's I did, always bad. I, I didn't. You never want to do that. Yeah, you never want to do that. <laughs> I know. I didn't get that by watching episode one or two, whichever one I watched. Yeah, like people were genuinely pissed that this psychiatrist woman was able to talk to to Rick. 
And I don't know. I thought that scene was pretty great. <laughs> yeah, finding a, a like finding. I don't want to say an equal, but someone who could express themselves in a way that he fully he understands and cannot compete with. Like he can't argue with it. Like yes, that that makes sense, especially with the position that she's in or she's put in to to mm-hmm. air quote help the family. <laughs> <laughs> Why does it take courage to eat a hot dog? <laughs> It was so weird. I do like the little asides in this too. Like there's a lot of little hidden gags like that that I enjoyed. And they they do that they do that in a way that I haven't seen a show do since like the critic and like the first two seasons of Family Guy. Mm-hmm. Like they do those kinds of like one off jokes and small things, fast humor really, really well because they don't call super attention to it, you know, it's just it's the just, kind of thing that's now the mainstay of Family Guy's diet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Where except that they all, like... Remember that one time when a uh, yeah. wacky thing happened? The whole They just serve it up on a platter. Whereas in the first couple of seasons of Family Guy, the flashback stuff that they did was never served up like that. It was just mid-conversation with a natural pause, and then they'd cut to some sort of other situation. Like, it was... I was a lot sharper, and uh, well, that's a whole that's a podcast for another <laughs> podcast. So I, I I believe I'm pretty well sold on Rick and Morty, and I'm looking forward to going back and uh, and rewatching the whole thing. Yeah, um, season one and two I think are on Hulu. Yeah, we don't have Hulu anymore. So and may we just say the Adult Swim app is a piece of crap. Yeah, yeah, Jesus, yes. yes, it is. Um. My, like, my appreciation for this show was was solidified when, I, I, I don't want to call it a standoff, but when the Meeseeks at the, at the end finally had... Because <laughs> 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 like what we could... didn't mention is that they, the Meeseeks started spawning other Meeseeks to help them. Right, because they couldn't they couldn't take the two strokes off of his golf game. So they figured, well, after pushing the button enough times where there was like dozens of Meeseeks available, they couldn't the only way that they could get the two strokes off of his game was to completely end his game, which means kill him. Which <laughs> technically is a workaround. Yes. That mm-hmm. will improve his golf game by him not playing. Just I uh that was one of my favorite gags was the, uh, you know, will he rope me into this? Yes. Will he rope me in this? <laughs> that went on the exact right a number of times. And, that, and that's what I'm saying. Like, at that scene when they're all interacting with each other, there were a lot of jokes spat out. And then that just that one, just that one joke that just got stretched to the point where it was just about to break. And then it let you, it, it, it let go. Like, mm-hmm. that's, that's comedic timing. I guess. So I'm like, I'm sold. I'm going to have to watch the rest of these because I'm pretty sure I watched all of season three now because I had to acquire those in a way. Mm-hmm. And all three of them came and I had a few extra minutes. I, I may have watched just two of them because there's, there's only four out so far, right? Yeah. Yes. Episode four was this past Sunday. So, yeah. It's an entertaining show. I, I hope, I mean, I hope I get it where. Like that, not just like it wasn't just a one-off that I I ooh, I enjoyed episode five of season one, and that's it. 
because it's di- well, I, I different. Feel like, yeah, I feel like once you get the show's humor, because I, I don't know, I'm, I'm thinking of other things that happen in the show now, and I feel like I, I get it now, and I can appreciate it on its own terms, as opposed to what my expectations for it were. The other thing that this episode, the Meeseeks one, does is... Is this the first time they do wubble up a dub dub? Yeah, I really appreciate that because I forgot the, about uh, that. <laughs> the Meeseeks plot is sort of uh, both the Meeseeks plot and the uh, Rick and Morty with with their switching roles on their adventure. Those are two kind of classic tropes in tv mm-hmm. and so they're i like their cheeky sort of acknowledgement of like yeah we know this is done before and we're just gonna come right out and say it but like we did it our way <laughs> wubba lubba dub dub <laughs> it was it struck me as like well we've got about 35 seconds left to fill <laughs> <laughs> but you're, abs- you're you're absolutely right and it's just because that was another one of those things that I had heard so much about on the internet was wubba lubba dub dub. Like, it's this catchphrase and it's hysterical. And I just didn't see that coming. That it was just like, and this is a thing I say now. <laughs> it was like the mini moose joke from Invader Zim. It was fantastic. Been here the whole time. Did I? Did you get that picture I sent you? I posted it on your Facebook. I was at of Boston. Of yes, yes. <laughs> yes, the, yes, yes. The I first, I, I was walking with a buddy, and this is total, not what is it, non sequitur, but I saw this group, and I was walking into the show, and it was Gurr, and it, it was it was three of them. And I was like, hmm, I noted it. I was like, Chris would find that entertaining, but I kept going. Then I saw them again on the show floor, and I turned to my buddy who I was with, and I went, if I see that troop again, I have to take their picture. Like 15 minutes later, I saw that guy again. I was like, oh, it, I have to. Chris, Chris now has to know about this. <laughs> Someone put the time and effort to make that costume. All right, so we're all sold on, on Rick and Morty, shockingly enough. You know what I find interesting? Justin Rowland mm-hmm. voices... Rick, Morty, and the Meeseeks. Hmm. All of them. Not Meeseeks 1 or, or 12. All of them. All right. All right. Let, uh, let's take a break. We have a crap ton of news to talk about. Like, it just didn't stop coming in. So, stay tuned. Our video game music podcast is back. This month, Vicky introduces Chris to a wacky little Capcom title featuring a character named Gene who uses his god hand to beat up bad guys, bears in luchador masks, clowns, etc. The soundtrack is as energetic and eclectic as the game it accompanies. Check out Waveback, episode 42, God Hand. If I told you there was an actual villain in the Batman universe whose main weapons were ketchup, mustard, and food-related puns, you might think I was making it up. But sure enough, 1994 saw the introduction of Condiment King. Over the years, he's evolved into a more well-rounded character and has earned himself a place on Geekade's D-List. If you like comic book posts riddled with bad food puns, don't miss Welcome to the D-List, Condiment King. Man, ever since we learned Game of Thrones has a finite ending, they sure have picked up the storytelling pace. Every episode is a juggernaut of plot twists and reveals. With such an expansive story, it can be a little hard to keep track of all the threads. 
Fear not, fans. Hunter Wilde is here to break down each episode and analyze the most important bits of the week for you. Catch up with Game of Spoilers, posted every Monday. You can catch all this great stuff, plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more right now at geekade.com. Hey, Chris. Hey, how you doing? Very well, thank you. I, um, I think it's time. Time for the Dragon Ball yeah. Super 60-second summary. It's, it's, it's time, all right. It's time for the Dragon Ball Super 60-second summary, and I'm ready to start right now. So... Uh, the episode started off with Goku and Android 17. Uh, 17 was yelling a lot, which was really funny. He was like trying to make fun of the crazy other people that he was fighting, and uh, that all went well for everyone involved. Like Goku looked like he was in trouble, and then turns out that like there's like another universe's Yardrat character there, and that's who taught Goku how to teleport because Goku can teleport, which is awesome. But the meat and potatoes of this episode came down to Gohan's fight because we finally got some serious Gohan fighting going on. These two people attacked Gohan. They were from Universe 10, and Universe 10 was going all out and trying to finish off uh, Gohan and Piccolo, and they were both able to pretty much stand up to themselves and defeat the the, the warriors from Universe 10. And it was kind of heartbreaking because, like, they finished off Universe 10, which meant that that universe got erased, and which meant that Gohan was basically responsible for trillions of people's deaths. And uh, it showed, and it was really sad, and it was awesome. Thank you, sir. And we're back. Thank you so much for checking out our commercials and whatnot. Let's talk some news. There was a lot of it. A lot of news came out this week. Um, first up, Karen, you threw this one out there from Nerdist. Apparently, the Coen brothers are doing westerns now. For Netflix. Shock of all shocks. I mean, that just makes sense. I, I'm, I'm okay with it. Right? Yeah. I mean, apparently... I love the talent... Uh, Jesus Christ. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I love the name of the series, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Yeah, yes, it's a, it's a six-episode anthology western series. Um, and there's not a lot of information given here, but it seems that Buster Scruggs is going to be... Oh, what was it? Refer- it was referenced... Um, like, he's just going to be, what's that horror? Like the Crypt Keeper. Crypt Keeper, yes. And the guy playing Buster Scrubs is... Uh, what's Tim it? Blake Nelson. And, like, the, I get it. I understand the reference. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, this, is, this makes sense. I mean, Netflix has had a week, so this is good news coming out of Netflix, so... Yeah, uh, they've definitely scored some points to recover from the whole Disney thing. Right, right. So, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs will be coming to Netflix in uh, next year, 2018. <sighs> we're going we're gonna to cook through a bunch of these. Oh, wait. There is a quick link here that I don't know what that's for. Was that just... No. Here's why Will and Grace Revival will ignore the original series finale. I didn't read this article because it was a tiny little link, Karen. Why? Did you read it? Yeah. Well, because <laughs> it's my fault that Slack. No, not at all. You, it, it. you posted it. I'm hoping that you read it before posting it here. <laughs> I did, but that was a whole fucking week ago, guys. Oh, okay. Well, I just read it while you guys were talking about the last story. <laughs> um. 
I just, not, not going to lie, I just tuned out so I could read this one, because I figured... Let me chime in with I something. Should, <laughs> I should chime in with something. Uh, so, yeah, I, I never, never having seen more than a few minutes of Will and Grace, uh, because after those few minutes of Will and Grace, I was just throwing up for just uncontrollably, because I thought the show was awful. Um, apparently, Shocking when they ended Will again, and Grace... You and I disagree on the show. Um, <laughs> Well, when they ended this uh, the the series, they flash forwarded to the future, and they had been estranged for a couple of years, mm-hmm. including this year. So they're just going to ignore the ending. Okay. <laughs> Which, contrary to the Roseanne revival, where they ignore the part of the ending where Dan died, which I think is a great idea. At this, I'm like, I don't know, like this is just an obvious cash grab, right? Yes. Yeah, like the Roseanne one, like. I were they're they're explaining it. It was, it was just kind of like a, a fever dream, or just it wasn't real, or some shit like that. <laughs> and this one, they're just like, like well, we kind of wrote ourselves into a corner here. I mean, we ended the show, but now we want it to not be over, so we're just going to ignore this shit. <laughs> Come on! I mean, because they, they're be not just vastly more interesting of a story if they they were in fact estranged and they had to like come back together and their excuse in this article is like oh well we just wanted the friends to be friends again like okay well that's fucking boring and like they they had kids together or something in this ending and they're writing them out too like it's just completely that's scorched earth ignore that last episode pay no attention to the man behind the curtain who is writing this crappy show (laughs) so yep that's the reason why um, speaking of Roseanne, <laughs> apparently she's gotten some criticism over her gender creative child that they have written into the show. Um, I think this is a really interesting development for the show in particular because it's set in, you know, Midwestern America mm-hmm. where this kind of thing is just probably not as accepted as it is in more like mm-hmm. liberal cities. Well, do you th- so I think it's th- really interesting to have this character on the show. Yes, but do you but think it's also make so in character for this show because this show dealt with that kind of shit all oh, the time. Yeah. It's great, right? I I don't understand how anyone who can consider themselves a fan of Roseanne of that show being all up in arms about this shit. Like, of course it makes, of course, of course. <laughs> Whose kid is it? That's that's uh, I this think character, it's, uh, Darlene David and, and David Darlene. Yeah, that makes perfect freaking sense. <laughs> so, I feel like I almost want to rewatch the original in preparing for this to come back because I liked Roseanne when it was on, but I was a kid and I mm-hmm. feel like there's a lot in there as an adult that I would get. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I, I rewatched not. a bunch of it in reruns in my 20s and I was like, man, this show is better than I remember it being as a kid. Now, granted, it was in, like, my 20s, and I'm easy to please, especially when I'm unemployed and, like, three in the afternoon watching Roseanne reruns, but I would I also digress. like to to try rewatching this and see uh, how well it, it sticks around for me. Well, they, they, they have been, as, as soon as they, uh, you know, let the news out that, that they were doing a revival, you know, clips and shit have been hitting social media all the time, and... Like, of course, the clips are usually the best of the best, but so, that stuff is is really funny, and it's still it's still funny. Yeah, it it holds up completely. 
Like the other show that I watched way too much of back when this was on was Married with Children. Mm-hmm. And I watch some Married with Children now and some of it still hits, but a lot of it's like ooh. Oh, <laughs> uh, hmm. <laughs> this is a uh, ooh. <laughs> so Yeah, like when I used to watch Married with Children when I was a kid, I'd laugh at it and be like, "Haha, dirty he's work. just like my dad." <laughs> and now I watch it and I go, "Oh, He's just like my dad. <laughs> the 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 point of this article is that they got, you know, a little blowback about that character and Roseanne responded with come on now. Just give it a, give it time and it's not that big a deal. Um and you haven't even seen it yet. You haven't even seen it yet. And my favorite <laughs> thing was is I like the word asshole because it's very gender neutral. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's Roseanne. Moving on. Um Karen, did we discuss your feelings about the second season of, of The Crown? I feel like we, uh, we touched upon it. I'm excited. I think those are my feelings. I'm very excited. Okay. Okay. So seeing this the trailer came out for the next season and I mean, I haven't seen the first, the entirety of the first season, so they're saying that it's darker, and yeah. So I mean, I, okay, I'm gonna. Do it would have to be. Okay. I mean, not that the first season was light, but it was dealt with a lot of like, I guess, well-known events from the Queen's, you know, the beginning of her right. reign, and you know, bad shit happened after that. Um, the day that this trailer premiered, mm. uh, mm-hmm. everyone was like, oh, my God, go to YouTube and watch it. And the fucking thing about YouTube is that it's weirdly blocked at my job <laughs> where some things like it depends on how the video is categorized. OK, so this is categorized as entertainment. So it was blocked. Oh. Um, and so that was fucking bullshit. So I got so mad and I took to Twitter and I was like, I can't believe I can't watch the crown trailer right now. This is bullshit. <laughs> and then I found it on their Facebook page because my work blocker is an idiot because it's going to block entertainment related YouTube videos. But Facebook is fine. <laughs> the Facebook pass through is OK. Gotcha. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> so I get to see it and it uh, the hype is real. <laughs> The hype is as real as it can be for a um, period drama about British royalty. <laughs> as much hype as there possibly could be, it is real. Um, I posted up this so, next. Look, not not to not to derail completely. I just after put this out there. I just switched over to Facebook on my phone for a quick second, mm-hmm. and this person I I I know has written on her Facebook page. I feel like Rick and Morty has become an unfunny parody of itself. And somebody responds, the new writers kind of suck. They don't have any of the finesse of the original season one and two staff. Yay, diversity. Hmm. I don't get it. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um, I, like I said, I posted up this next article. I'm really excited to see this episode of Supernatural because I want to see where they go when they cross over with Scooby-Doo. I mean, seriously, that's just awesome. I, it just makes so much sense to me. <laughs> and the fact that this idea has been kicking around for so long, and they're finally like, well, it's season fucking 13. <laughs> Fuck it. What haven't we do done it. yet? Um, Misha Collins. Like, everybody's involved, so this is great. 
it, 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 they're very happy with it. Apparently, they were all excited to be doing it. So, it's, it's, it's. I, I really hope it's as good as, as I want it as I want it to be. And I, I have, I have, I have, I have a good feeling. I think it will be. Um, yes. So, all of their voiceover work is done. Um, they're just finishing up the. The artistry of it. The actual animation. And we'll be seeing it next season. Guys, Supernatural comes back. All of TV comes back really soon, but like Supernatural comes back soon, you guys. Yes, it does. I am going to, there isn't a news article attached to this, but I will note what you, what you, the, like the post <laughs> that you put in here. Cause I read that right before you posted, um, I don't know the guy's name, but he plays Braun on Game of Thrones. It's Jerome Flynn, I think, is his name. <laughs> okay, so apparently I'm not caught up on Game of Thrones. I know, I know. Uh, God damn it, Evan. <laughs> but apparently his mailman has stopped speaking to him. <laughs> <laughs> I just found that funny. <laughs> yes, because of, spoiler alert, something he did on the show that I won't tell you because you're not caught up, Evan. Karen, you wrote it out. I know what happened. <laughs> All right, fine. Son of a... Well, let's say I'm preserving spoilers for the listeners. Okay, then. that's good. That I'll agree with. But that's, it's, it's amazing how like art just passes into reality. Like It's just a TV show, people. That's it. <laughs> Somebody actually else wrote that for him. Like He needed to do his thing that he did that you're upset with because someone told him to do it. Was it really him? That is. <laughs> I saw a lot of reaction to that moment on the line where people are like, "Well, I love Braun, but I kind of hate him now." <laughs> it's like they say in, in movies and television shows: "Don't shoot the puppy." Um. Okay, I saw this next article. It's a big fucking puppy. I said, "What? What the sweet fuck? Why? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why?" NBC is talking about another Monsters reboot. Another. Yo, the last one was good. I'm sad it didn't take. It's because someone else has come along and decided that they love the Monsters enough to make it work this time. I still don't have Firefly. I know. No, but I mean, like... The last one had Eddie Izzard as Grandpa Munster and, like, Joe from Joe's Apartment as Herman Munster. Come on. Like, that was great. That Joe. was a very enjoyable Wait, piece Joe of television. Joe from Joe's Apartment is the guy in the movie. I, couldn't, I can't remember his name. From you know, uh, Buying the Cow or Tomcats. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Unintentionally bringing it all back. Uh, um, yeah, man, they did the what was it called? Mockingbird Lane, I think. Yes, uh, it's called Mockingbird 13, Lane. 13 Mockingbird yeah, in that was such a that was a really cool revival of this show, and it just it didn't get sent to series, so they aired the pilot as like a one off movie, and I was so sad because Eddie Izzard as Grandpa Munster is freaking brilliant. So that's pretty brilliant. Brian Fuller I, wrote the script, and Brian Singer directed it. And in a cast in oh Jerry O'Connell is that guy's name Eddie Izzard Jerry O'Connell Jerry O'Connell Portia de Rossi wow oh that's right Charity Wakefield it was so good it was great it wasn't like oh my god life alteringly great but it was 
It was such had such good potential to be a really cool new take on the monsters. So I hope that whatever they're doing this time is at least as good at that, as that. Well, it's also being developed. I'm reading now. It's also being developed as an hour-long drama. What? So. No. Right? Long episodes. New, this new Monsters reboot. But we do know that. I'm not disputing that, that that's what it says. I'm just disputing that that's a good idea. I don't, I don't know. It's... Let, maybe I'm I'm incorrectly reading this. Oh, wait. It says the new comedy will be updated for the modern day. Right. It, the original. Oh. So this is, must have been in the works for a while. And it originally was being developed, and now they're just doing it as a comedy. All right. That makes more sense. Oh. A similar. This will deal with an offbeat family as they try to fit in in hipster Brooklyn. Ugh. Speaking of man buns, I, at the Boston Convention, had the un- almost uncontrollable urge to punch three different men because they were all sporting man buns. I had this. The, I don't understand why that's still a thing. All right. So as we mentioned earlier, <laughs> Netflix is having a week. I don't want to think about it anymore. Um. <laughs> apparently Disney is like I think we talked about this Disney is starting their own streaming yeah we service. talked about this last week at great length I believe and and it was it made sense I get it but what the fuck's gonna happen with Netflix um, they are in talks with Disney to keep Star Wars and Marvel's films not necessarily all of the Disney stuff but at least those two chunks. Um, I want to. I don't want to pay for a Disney streaming service where I will not watch most of it. So I hope that the things that I will watch will continue to be on the service that I already pay for. Word. Um. There was another. I'm going to skip. There was another article. I'm going to skip down a little bit. Ba, 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 ba. Let's talk about uh, <laughs> the Shonda Rhimes article. Mm-hmm. So with all of this Disney stuff going on, they Netflix signed a deal with Shonda Rhimes. Who, who that? Shonda Rhimes is a powerful ABC showrunner, and she just got a huge deal with with. Um, Netflix. Uh, she was involved with Scandal, Grey's Anatomy, How to Get Away, How to Get, get away, away with murder. murder. She basically owns the uh, Thursday Night Block on ABC. So all of her shows. She also was in. Got she it. has been involved with Netflix before. If I'm not correct, if I'm if I'm correct, didn't she have something to do with Orange Is the New Black? No, no, no. That was Jenji Cohen. Jenji. Okay. Um, it's a big, that's, that's a big get for them because, and the, the, it's a big get because formerly she was at ABC, which which is is owned by Disney. Disney So, so I hope it's not going to continue this tit for tat kind of thing, but come on, good get for Netflix. They're going to put, I, hopefully they'll put that in the win column. Moving on. Um, I always like hearing news about John Barrowman. (laughs) <laughs> I don't. I, I 
There should be more of him on television. Um, when it comes to the Arrowverse, I it was. I mean, he was. He was. He was done. We all thought he was done. He thought he was done. Was he? He, sa- he said he was done. But I mean, like how and the show left it ambiguous. Yeah, I was just gonna say he was on the island when it blew up, right? He was supposed to take Thea's place on that landmine. Oh, that's right. And then they never showed, They never got back to it. And then they quote unquote killed him off screen. I've seen TV before, John Barrowman. You can't fool me. <laughs> um. So there is the possibility he will be coming back. He's up for it. Uh, someone tweeted the, uh, somewhere. It was the showrunners. They basically said, you know, if he wants to come back, we'd welcome him. And he thought he was done. So his response to that was, okay, write a good story and I'll come back. No problem. So, I mean, it'll, it could be anything. It could be he didn't die. It could be flashbacks. It could be fucking parallel universe. <laughs> could be in a whole other show. Like, you know. There's possibilities, so there is room for him. Point is, let's get more John Barrowman. Let, let's get, let's make that happen. Um, and if they get him back in the TARDIS dress, all the better. <laughs> now, I was kind of surprised by this next one because my recollection was that he was dead, like yes. neck snapped, dead. He did. He did. Apparently, David Tennant. Is returning to Jessica Jones season two. A um, couple of set photos were released showing the two of them. We don't know how he's coming back. Could be flashbacks. My money's on. Yeah, that's my. Le- not necessarily flashbacks, but like you know, he had a powerful mental hold on her, and I see her like having visions of him. And I would like residual. Her. That's what that. Not necessarily flashbacks of what happened to her before even season one. I want to see like residual mind control left in there. That's all brand new to her. I, I, that's what I want. So, but I get more David. You get Tenet, more David so Tennant. So I am just happy. <laughs> Speaking of more David Tennant, yeah, this is oh beautiful God, transition, sir. Segue. Ducktales. Woohoo! <laughs> it's not where I thought you were going with that. <laughs> Oh, because there is even more David Tennant news. But before we get to the big, big David Tennant news, DuckTales was freaking great. Good. I haven't seen it yet. I tried to uh, to start up my Disney XD app, and then you and I were discussing stuff, and I, I unstarted uh-huh. it because I wanted to make sure that you had the availability to start it. And and then I watched it on YouTube. It was avail- where it is right available now. on YouTube. I, that my... I was most curious as how you felt about it. And if you enjoyed it, I know I will. I did. I felt great about it. I mean, obviously, the story here is that Disney put the... Uh, uh, sorry, excuse me. They put the um, uh, first episode up on YouTube for everyone to watch for free, which is great. Um, but the but show itself... But also mean. <laughs> yes, but also mean, because I want to watch more of the episodes. Because it basically ended on, like, the cliffhanger from the whole Disney Duck universe... Who are who is their mom? Who is Huey, Dewey, and Louie's mom? That was like the question they ended the the cliffhanger first episode on. But man, they introduced Glomgold, and these new takes on these characters are great. Um, 
they've given the three uh, nephews very distinct personalities. Mm-hmm. They've uh, given Webigail a very interesting personality, uh, and Mrs. Beakley is pretty different. Like they've they've really they they've evened the 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 playing field a bit. Like they've made the female characters worthwhile instead of you know the maid and uh, the prissy little princess girl. Mm-hmm. And it's just fun and funny, and David Tennant nails oh Scrooge my God, McDuck. He's so great. He's so great. <laughs> it's uh, it was wonderful. It good. was a really, really wonderful, wonderful show. Good, good, good. I'm glad they're doing I it. I wish justice. our kid liked it a little more. Ah, he was matter. really into it, and then he was just like, "Well, that's enough sitting still and watching something that isn't blippy. I'm gonna go roll around on the floor now." <laughs> watching something that isn't blippy. No. <laughs> I will say our daughter is a very into the theme. Yeah, she was really enjoying it. That <laughs> was something I almost uh, I almost posted this as a news story a few weeks ago. But the theme of DuckTales, uh, the new show, is, isn't is just like a new cover of the original theme. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's the exact same uh, key and tempo. Oh. Like you can play them on top of one another and it matches up perfectly. Oh, cool. Cool. Except for like this little bit at the end where they shorten it a little bit, but yeah, for the majority of it, it's it matches one hundred percent spot on. It's crazy. <laughs> well, I am I am extremely pleased that you enjoyed it. I will watch it maybe this evening. It's a it's a forty five minute. It's like a double episode, right? It's 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 two episodes. Yeah. Like there's a clear break, but okay. they call it one. So good, good, good. <laughs> Um, let's finish up with the David Tennant news, Karen. I could feel the squee that came out as you were you were fucking copying and pasting this link over. Um, you guys, I damn near pooped my pants. <laughs> Apparently, I mean, Michael Sheen and David Tennant are to star in Neil Gaiman's Good Omens at Amazon. This and I will literally never stop screaming because I'm so happy. <laughs> And they genetically engineered this, the most perfect television project to make me personally happy. Go ahead. What's it about? <laughs> well, this, this is based on my favorite novel of all time. Uh, it tells the story of an angel and a demon who decide to intercede in the heavenly and um, hellish plans for the apocalypse. Mm. And it's hysterical and it basically came to me in a time of my life where it like helped shape my worldview and my feelings about like the way the world works and religion and like all kinds of important things like came out of this book (laughs) and like then they're gonna take one of my favorite actors on the planet and just stick him in one of the two lead roles (laughs) so i i i I don't know what i did to deserve this (laughs) but thank you (laughs) All right, so Amazon 2018, we'll, we know where, where Karen's going to be. I'm <laughs> um, just going to backtrack a little bit. I wanted to get that out of the way so Karen can breathe again. I have no idea Nia... Vardalos. Thank you, is developing a drama series. <laughs> just this title, off, it, just, it, just, it was off-putting to me. Uh, is developing a, a dramedy series inspired by the Chewbacca mom. Now, yeah. it's it's about 
what is it like what how, it's like uber fame but like overnight uber fame yeah and that's what it's about it 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 sort of for makes a, like regular suburban mom right um and it sort of ties into her world as well because she became an overnightish success with um my so-called no my big fat greek wedding my so-called big greek mm-hmm. fat wedding what um <laughs> So, yeah, that's happening. Yeah, I don't know exactly who this is for, as uh, was observed by the person that brought this to my attention. Apparently, Vardalos, uh, it's for her, however you say her last name. Yeah, but, like, I don't know who wants to watch this. I don't, I... Yeah, but it's a show about Chewbacca Mom. I don't want to watch that. I, but who does? <laughs> we know who doesn't, I, I don't know. <laughs> Everyone. And it will be a success. I'm sure of it. Um, Are you? Because yes. I'm not. I kind of feel by like the this time is... this show comes out, nobody's going to remember who Chewbacca Mom is. But they're going to remember yeah, her. Yeah, I mean, this is... And it, I don't think it's tied specifically to Chewbacca Mom. It's about a regular person becoming uber famous overnight. That's what it's about. Yeah. And it's because yeah. she met Chewbacca Mom on some show. Like, they were... Hey, remember when Emerald had a sitcom? No. Oh, God. Emeril yeah, Lagasse, the, the cook, the chef? Yeah. No. I, I think it aired like a single episode. Oh. I think it was canceled in the middle of that episode. I believe you are correct. <laughs> I believe the ratings were, real-time ratings were so terrible that they canceled it before the show even finished airing just, its It pilot. just went to like the color bars <laughs> midway through. <laughs> Possibly. Um, Moving on. The... The Teen Choice Awards, the 2017 Teen Choice Awards, has come and gone. Um, Flash did pretty well. Grant Gustin got the Choice Actor TV... No, wait. The Choice Action TV Actor Award. Holy shit. He got the award for Best Action Actor on a TV show. Yes. Good for... Teens love Brooding Barry. And he also... Yeah, well... Okay... I'm going to say that regular Barry got that award and brooding Barry got the villain award. Oh, really? Because <laughs> he won two. I thought it right? was him and then Oh, he was nominated. Show. Gustin was oh, also was nominated, nominated for Choice TV villain. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> yeah. So. It's the dumbest shit I ever heard. <laughs> yeah, but it's kids, allegedly, right? Teens. Oh, man. Uh, I don't know if it mentions it here, but also Supergirl, Melissa Benoist was also, she won Good. for like best action TV actress. Yay. So, She's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me feel slightly in touch with the youth of America, oh. even though I did scroll through like the rest of the Teen Choice Award winners and I was like, who the fuck is who? this? What? What the fuck is that? <laughs> How do you God damn it, I'm old. <laughs> but at least I know who the Flash and Supergirl are. There you go. That's something to hang your hat on. Um, I saw this, and I feel like it's not as big of a deal as I think it is. Um, Robert Kirkman is apparently suing AMC over The Walking Dead, uh, more specifically over the monies that The Walking Dead is making for AMC. Um. 
And this show has been riddled with legal troubles since like season two. Right. Yeah. Um, apparently, AMC is doing some monetary finagling with paying themselves for things so that the profits then become lessened and they have to pay certain people less. Like the, the, those that get, that have like deals. And Kirkman is one of those people. So apparently this is a, a thing. Like this happens when a, a TV show is popular. But I think it's kind of fucked up that AMC. Oh, okay. Um, the gist of the problem seems to be licensing fees and the issue that AMC is paying fees in-house to another arm of its company, which basically means no money really changes hands. It's alleged AMC is charging a lot of fees to itself for The Walking Dead, which takes money away from the producers, among other things. That's kind of fucked up. Yup. I don't know. <sighs> Speaking of... Fu- Rich people have slightly less money. This is true. This is true. Um, Chris, you're, you're, you posted up the next one. I'm kind of surprised that you did this one and that this... this didn't come to us from Karen, but um, Doctor Who writer Victor Pemberton has passed away. He, he passed away at the age of eighty-five. Um, I I do like the little little thing here. He's the he's the writer who invented the sonic screwdriver. Yeah, he is. So, and he's, he he also appeared on a uh, on at least one episode, from my understanding. So he uh, got to act. Yeah. He got to write. <coughs> And he got to invent a term that is now in the Oxford English Dictionary. There you go. There you go. Um, He also wrote one of the more famous Patrick Troughton scenes, um, which is the scene between him and Victoria where he's comforting her. And uh, it's it's the our lives are no different. Our our lives are different to anyone else's, which is, uh, is a really great scene. You should check it out on YouTube. There you go. Um, we commented a while ago about um, a Game of Thrones piracy thing happening. It was right before that big HBO hack. Um, apparently, law enforcement officials have arrested four individuals in Mumbai. And they're being held accountable for their, their actions. Stealing from HBO and leaking it ahead of its premiere on it, on, you know. So there you go. It actually happens. If you steal from HBO, you will get in trouble. Word. Speaking of Game of Thrones, I thought this was adorable, uh, especially like the cartoon yeah. version of it. Um, IKEA. We commented. I'm pretty sure it was last week that I, <laughs> it was brought to our attention that the some of the costumes worn in Game of Thrones came right off the floor of IKEA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't pronounce the name of the rug that it actually is. I kept saying Schold, but I feel like that's wrong. But apparently, IKEA has released a guide, an instruction manual for turning said carpet 
into your favorite Game of Thrones winner wear. It's adorable. <laughs> Cut a hole. I like that the wrap it around product <laughs> that it's uh that that the cape is called is the Winter Skuldafarmer. Because <laughs> all of their product names like vaguely sound like the English name of what they're supposed, supposed to be. be. <laughs> I do like it. it's it's a it's a four step process. Um, technically speaking, uh, buy the rug, cut a hole in the rug, put rug around your shoulders, become a Night's Watchman. <laughs> and the little illustration of you, like a finished product, is really cute. <laughs> With the beard, the fuzzy hair, and there's little icons of snow. It's adorable. They, <laughs> I mean, that's just that's just fun. Good on you, IKEA. Um, finally. I like ending on a, on a, on a happy note because I actually watched this video. It's, I read it and then watched it, which made it even better. Um, <laughs> apparently, Matt Smith welcomed Jodie Whittaker to the Doctor Who universe with a voicemail message. And <laughs> when you read it, it says he called. She didn't answer. He left the voicemail with da 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 da. And then when you listen to it, it's endearing because he does the whole Doctor Who theme. And then he, you know, makes a little joke like she must be wondering who the hell this is. And he's like, it's Matt. Call me. (laughs) (laughs) The video is really charming. Like it super made me smile. (laughs) So it's it's good that she is getting the respect that. Well, I don't. Yeah, she deserves it. She has done other things. Let's not chastise her before she has done anything wrong. So, yes. Yeah, I know we're all tired of, like, 13th Doctor backlash before she's even taken the role. Right. (laughs) I just thought this was cute. This is is cute and a lovely way to end. It made me happy on a day when we need happy things. Yes. Happy things are a necessity now. Chris... Yup. I, I, I need a spiel. Can you give me a spiel? I can. You can get in touch with us at com as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook with both of the Geekade page and the This Week's Episode page. Find us on Instagram at Geekade. Subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content. And follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade. <gasps> Or follow this show specifically at Twepcast. You can also find us individually on Twitter. I'm at Geekade Chris. That's Geekade K-R-I-S. Karen is at... Shoot underscore the underscore moon. And Evan is at... Geekade underscore Evan. If you're interested in more information about anything we discussed here tonight, be sure to check out our show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes or Stitcher. Where if you're super nice, you can leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on GKA.com where we post something new every single day. Micro Machines. Back to you, Evan. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Um, just a little add-on to that last story as I was listening to you at the bottom of the article that we will be posting is another little article about Christopher Eccleston and his comments about her. Uh, He states she's working class. She's northern. What can go wrong? So there you go. Everybody's (laughs) I almost um, posted that to the feed when he said that because it's uh, kind of a dig at the BBC because he was also working class and northern (laughs) and look what happened to him. Oh. Anywho, it's my turn, right? 
Yes. Okay. Over the weekend, I fell down. It, I, I fell down to one of. The, it's. I'm pretty sure it was Hulu. Yeah. Fell down a Hulu. Okay, home. so you were binging. I was bit. Well, I didn't because intend- I thought you fell down for a second. I was no, going to no, call no. you an ambulance. I was binging. I binged something. Um, previously on this website, I was on a comic book podcast, and a comic book by the name of Dirk Gently, Holistic Detective, came out, and I enjoyed it. Um, apparently, the BBC has made a show. I watched the whole thing. So, next week, we are going to discuss Dirk Gently, Holistic Detective, Season 1, Episode 1, The Pilot. Okay. I'm curious as to how you guys are going to feel about it. So, that's it. That's all I got. From all of us here at this week's episode, I'm Evan. I'm Karen. Pickle Rick! Good night. And this concludes our broadcast day.